Hello and welcome to this edition of the Green Pile podcast. Tonight we'll be reviewing the fantastic win over Nottingham Forest yesterday. I am joined tonight by Thibaut. Hello. How are you, buddy? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. Yeah, and by Fulham's favourite fictional writer, Dan. Welcome back, Dan. Oh, thanks for that, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast. I was rudely interrupted by Alan Druitt telling everyone about how we didn't start well against Chelsea. Would you like me to to pick up from that, or or ever, or you're are you all right? No, no, you carry on, mate. We'll we'll hear that one out. <laughs> oh, a lot's happened since then, so you get on with the show. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. I've only I've only just realised what you're referencing to there. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when he was cut off. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dan. Uh, Right, so let's get into it. Yeah, Nottingham Forest yesterday. Obviously, another brilliant performance by Marco Silva's men, running out of superlatives for it. Uh, Kieran, we'll start with you. Just sum up the game for us, uh, and then we'll talk about those key moments that, that turned it in our way. Yeah, it was it was a brilliant performance. I think we a very professional win from us. Um, back to our back to some of our best football. Um, and it was it was great to see Craven Cottage getting behind the boys again. Um, of course, with two great goals, I think one of them definitely one of our goals of this season for sure. Um, definitely, William is just a sensation. He's rolling back the years and just oozing with class. It's it's amazing to see. Um, but I think we we did a really good job. Um, there were nine slash ten out of tens throughout across the pitch. And I think it's a performance we can definitely be proud of that we've we've got another three points and we're we're starting to tick the total up again as um as the fixtures come thick and fast. So yeah, I'm really happy with the um with the win and again another another important moment with Solomon scoring his first goal as well, which we'll get on to later. But yeah, I'm I'm really happy. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, just brilliant summary to be honest, mate. Dan, you got anything to add, mate? No, I mean, shall I just leave now? Because he's just said it, you know. I mean, is there anything else to say? He normally just agrees with everything I say. Well, it's about now that I got cut off, wasn't it? So do you want to, you know, press the button? In all seriousness, well, maybe I'll just be talking to myself for the rest of this podcast. I I don't know. Um, In all all seriousness, though, lads, um, it was a a very good performance in a sort of strangely... um, uh, understated way because we've been doing this um, fairly efficiently and, and people haven't really taken notice. Um, the, it, it's a very emotional day uh, for a lot of us. I must um, credit Simon Duke and uh, Owen Smith, my colleagues at the Fulham Sports Trust, uh, Fulham Football Club, um, all the fans for the very um, moving way that Celebration Day was um, went, went really. Um, paying tribute to all those Fulham fans, uh, players, staff and members of the Fulham family who are no longer with us. That was um, a nice touch. And we gave them a performance to uh, worthy of the occasion. Uh, I, I would just say, you know, there was a moment in the second half, it was about 20 minutes in the second half, where Forrest really got it together and put us on the back foot. And what actually summed up the steel that Marco Silva has added to the style uh, of this team is the fact that Fulham came through that little sticky period, kept a clean sheet, and as Tippo said, added a goal on the break um, for a magnificent Manor um, right at the end. And 2 0 at home 
you can't knock it. I, I do believe, lads, we're the finest team in West London once again. Was that not and, uh, was, was that not already the case? Well, no, no. Well, I'm talking in terms of the league table. I mean, it's obviously, obviously we are the a the only team in Fulham, and and clearly we are the finest team the world has ever seen. Um, but we're now, you know, we we we're just reminding everybody that uh, that the the Fulham are Fulham are here and we aren't going away. Brilliant. Yeah, it's fantastic, Dan. That's exactly it. We're not going away. Every time people say, oh, Fulham are going to drop off, they just they just don't. They just keep coming back for more. Uh, let's let's talk about what Kieran said, a goal of the season, potentially, with Willian's strike. I mean, he couldn't have put it anywhere else. There was five players in front of him and he just found the postage stamp in the top corner. It was just spectacular. I think he sent Ren and Lodi for a biscuit and then just pinged it left foot top corner and yeah just one of those moments where you know you're just like oh you know I'm glad I was there sort of thing you know because he like you say Kieran he's rolling back the years isn't he absolutely yeah he's he's oozing with class and as you said he he sent Ren and Lodi back to Atletico <laughs> um and then just absolutely yeah screamed it into the corner and it was it was amazing um a great way to score to, to open the scoring for Fulham and I, I think it's the uh, it's certainly a goal that I'll um I'll remember for for this season for sure. Um not not just because of Jim and Jamie's comment commentating celebration. That was also quite funny. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> they, they, I've they, heard it, lads. What 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 did they do? Plenty of, Jim and plenty of screaming and plenty of cheering. Yeah, just just yeah, just unbelievable screaming. Like they couldn't believe what he just pulled off. It was just a goal. <laughs> Euphoria. I stand mean, it. I mean, they do set a. That's, that's fairly. Every goal is greeted by a cacophony of noise, isn't it? <laughs> by those two lads. Good lads that they are too. Let's be absolutely. Let's be very. Let's be very clear. But um, oh, I, I think we're underselling it. The, the two of you, like goal of the season, um, one of the goals uh, that we'll remember. I mean, that's got to be up there as one of the great goals ever scored at the Putney end. But the simple fact that he pulled his foot back. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? And he put it right in the... I mean, considering what... It was a good old-fashioned goal-mouth scramble that, yeah. that preceded it. You know, everyone had a shot. People were sort of falling over in the box. Forrest defended it reasonably well. Bobby's done really well. And I, and I would say Bobby Deckard over Reed. What a man. You know, on another day, he scores a hat-trick of absolutely outstanding long-range strikes. Well, I wish that goal had gone in. It would have been so yeah. good. Know, who I've bowed down to nobody and my lover Bobby D called over Reed. Um and yeah, William has got that in his locker and the and the thing is everyone knows he's gonna come onto his left foot. He did it two more times in the game. One yeah. of them he rattled the post with a <laughs> in a, in the second half and one of them went wide. Um everyone knows he's gonna do it. It's not like he's quick of um He's got great feet. I mean, he's Brazilian, isn't he? Um, but it's just, it's one of those ones where you know what he's going to do. And then, wow, he's put it in there. I mean, that's worthy of George Best, uh, mm. if, I might, if I might say so. Mm. Well, this, that's that's interesting. That leads me on to, I read a, a comment on Twitter earlier. Someone said that it is William right up there in terms of class of player that's played in a Fulham shirt with the likes of Best and Moore and Berbatov, players like that, that just have that technical ability 
you know, is he right up there as one of those great players? So obviously, you know, that's not something that was in my itinerary, but you've 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 brought us straight onto it. So um, we'll start well, with you. It's a bit early. All of, I mean, look, he's incredibly gifted. Uh, what he, who he reminds me of, actually, is uh, Damien Duff. You know, um, Damien Duff, obviously, we, we we do welcome those lost souls who see the lights and they start in Wallen Green uh, and they graduate over to the, to the oldest team in London, don't they? And, you know... Once you've seen the light and you pull on the white shirt, you realise that there really is only one place in Fulham to play your football. There's one place in Fulham that you'll be appreciated. And there you are, you know. He is incredibly gifted and a a sensational footballer. And the career arc is similar to to, to Duff, obviously. Um, And they both had tremendous... Uh, achievements in English and uh, uh, world football. The list that you're referring to, I think, was tweeted by um, FFC Voice on Twitter. Um, it was lacking one, well, may lack many names. I, I would just throw Steve Marbronk as a more modern um, name into the into the pot here, because I do think Steve gets a little bit left out when we're talking about absolutely class footballers with great end product. Both feet could go either way. Uh, you boys are a little bit young, I think, as you never tire of reminding me <laughs> just how good he was. At the peak of that, you know, we bought him for £5 million from Lille, uh, and he was just in the French under-21s, and he was absolutely sensational. In the first game at Old Trafford, he so wrecked Jack Stam that three weeks later, Jack Stam wasn't playing for Manchester United. He was at Lazio. And everyone says it was because Jack Stam wrote a book. No, it was because Steve Marlborough absolutely ruined him at Old Trafford on the opening day. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like he didn't know what to do. Malbronk was running at him, slips it through to Louis Sahar. Thank you very much. Uh, and there you go. And I could talk the whole. Oh, well, I'll stop now because you could talk. I could talk for a whole podcast <laughs> about about Steve. Genuine. Love it. <laughs> love it. Connection that we all have to Fulham. We love it. Uh, let's let's uh, let's move on to Manor Solomon's goal because I think this is a brilliant team goal. Like Dan said earlier on in the pod that. Forrest put us under a lot of pressure and then we brought Manor Solomon on through whatever reason. I know William picked up a knock, but he came on and every time he got the ball, he was so direct. He drew fouls, he drew players. And in the end, he got his first goal for the club, which is a brilliant finish. But I just think it was a brilliant team goal, the way mm-hmm. Tete played it into it. Pereira, Pereira, then with the disguised pass for I think it's his sixth assist of the season. Yeah, that's so right. you know he's just phenomenal as well. Another player, nine out, nine, ten out of ten yesterday. But then Solomon to get his goal, and you saw from his celebration and just the sheer jubilation of scoring that first goal for Fulham, massive grin on his face, and the fans as well. Everyone went mad for him. So yeah, just uh, just talk us through that one, uh, Kieran. What did you think of that one? It's, it's just honestly a breath of fresh air to see Solomon play. Really, he's he's really up for it, and he's he's certainly he's got he's properly well. He's just amazing, really. <laughs> Before I can think of a, another weird metaphor, um, yeah, it was a great goal, as you said, brilliant team goal on the counter attack. I think it was, um, and I, I must also credit Pereira's pass as well. I think it was 
it, it was pr- pretty outrageous. I mean, I know it just looked obviously on the eye that it was just a, a cross ball pass, but his vision from that from that point, I didn't see him even look up. I think he just had the knowledge that someone would be there, whether it be Mitrovic or Solomon. But it was it was a very good build up, and obviously the finish made no mistake. Thrashed it past Kaylor Navas, who had absolutely no idea and should probably go back into retirement. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, um, really happy, and of course his celebrations. Uh, the fans seem to love him. I really hope he sticks sticks around longer than um, longer than June, um, depending on whatever Shakhtar and the whatever his um, visa thing thing says or loan whatever. I, I want to see him play for Fulham next season. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, mate. He's, he just seems that little bit. He's, he's got. He's a little bit classy. He's, he's almost a bit like William. I mean, if William is injured, mm. and Solomon His comes in as well, it's, it's immaculate, immaculate footwork. Like it's so. Yeah. He sends defenders to the shops and then goes on and just he, he oozes class. I know I've said this this phrase too much this podcast, but it's just so so classy. And Dan, you got uh, anything to add on Solomon's gold? You think it was a good oh, goal? I, I, I love my Solomon, man. I mean, he's yeah. just quality. He's just quality. I, I would just say I, I don't know that we're going to get to this. So, the, the what he can bring to—I mean, he nearly gave me a heart attack earlier in the game when in, he was in the left back position, and I said to um, the lady sitting next to me, I, I sort of said, "I do hope he just boots it down the field here, get it away." <laughs> And you know it was like Roberto Carlos reincarnated there. He's on the bar round about the byline also, takes on a forest player, swivels round him, takes on another forest player, here you go, plays a ball, goes for the return ball, and suddenly the break is on from our own byline and he's, you know, sort of playing it out from the back. This was like well, well I I can't think of an equivalent. The goal, what I'll say on the goal. We've missed one, lads. Yes, Kenny Tete does brilliantly. You know, we, we can be blasé about Andreas Pereira's wonderful uh, vision and, and, and playmaking in the 10 because he's actually quite good. I remember <laughs> Pelters for saying that, um, he on the socials for saying that he'd be a Fulham's new number 10 um, when, we, when we signed him. Um, Harry Wilson... With a little draft oh, yeah. flick on on the floor, I mean, why if they? I don't know. I, I, do they still have the showboat? Is that still <laughs> you know all aboard the showboat? Is that still in yeah, the boat? I think it is. Yeah, I yeah, don't I know. Is, I mean, yeah. I mean, Mr. Khan has a quite large boat. We're going to need to get something for Harry Wilson and get on it because goodness me, I mean that was um, <laughs> there there are no words for for that impudent bit of. Uh, bit of artistry there while he was on the floor. Um, and, and yeah, Manuel Solomon, lovely finish, great celebration, lovely that he had, um, I think, some members of his family uh, in the crowd. Uh, and all of it, the fact that he was saying, you know, scoring a goal for Fulham at the Hammersmith End is the best feeling in the world. I mean, yeah, I, not that I've scored any goals at the Hammersmith End, I'll just celebrate them wildly. Um, <laughs> it might well be the best feeling in the world. You're a future penalty taker, Dan. Come on. Oh, oh, mate, you've not seen it. I'm, I'm told. So I was a goalkeeper. Um, so no, I'm not Luke, Luke Ashby Hammond, who top binned it at Huddersfield to win an FA Youth Cup <laughs> penalty shootout, I don't know, years ago. Shout out to Luke Ashby Hammond for that, by the way. Look it up. 
top bins, incredible for a goalkeeper. Um, no, no, no. Uh, he, that was extraordinary. And it was a wonderful moment as well. I think we'll all remember being there when that happened. Incredible. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, um, on on the Solomon thing, I just I don't know what the plan is with him in the summer. I know a lot of socials today have gone a bit, you know, try and figure out what's going on with him. But also, as far as so, I, so oh, the, the the situation is that um, you because of the Russian invasion into Ukraine, uh, all contracts of foreign uh, players could be annulled for a year to allow people to leave uh, Ukraine. Um, now, Shakhtar Donetsk are suing FIFA, and I think UEFA, because they believe that they've lost out, to, and they have, substantially, because, they, and the issue is, this is a legal anomaly. The governing bodies have taken this decision. There is no, no um, resolution yet on how Shakhtar Donetsk is serious force in, in not just Ukrainian football, as we know, European football um, for, for many, many years will be compensated for the loss of their players for a year. Um, and then what happens, because he's still under contract for another year, uh, because this is only a loan until June, I believe, and we have to get into, you know, and I am saying I believe, uh, and I know people have taken exception to me believing things uh, on the socials of late, but I believe that there may well be uh, a deal to be done, and it's clear that Fulham are very interested in signing Manuel Solomon permanently. They were very close to agreeing that uh, at one point over the summer, uh, but it needs to be sorted to the satisfaction of Shakhtar Donetsk, and we're in a legal grey area with all of these players. Tete. Uh, now, I believe, at Leicester City, indeed scoring goals uh, for them. Sorry, Tete, not uh, Kenny Tete. Um, and various other, it's an important distinction, and various other players from, from, from Shakhtar and all the Ukrainian uh, clubs. So I think everyone just needs to hold their horses. Uh, the, 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 the logical way of looking at it is Manuel Solomon is playing in the Premier League. He loves it. He's going to want to, if Fulham wants him, I imagine he will want to stay in the Premier League at Craven Cottage for Fulham. But these deals are hideously complex to knit together. Um, let's make sure that he stays fit and plays and performs. And I think uh, we'll be at the front of the queue to sign him. And we may even have a deal in place already, but that I don't know. I just wanted to give the context on the legal um, ramifications. If you want to have a look at something very, very good, uh, Sporting Intelligence at Sporting Intelligence on Twitter has done a good one. Uh, Peter Rutzler's got the inside story on that if you have an athletic subscription or on the, the legal uh, issues and visas and, and everything and he explains it far better than I just did. Brilliant. Thanks, Dan. Uh, so moving on, we're, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about Captain America now. I think Tim Ream, uh, I was watching him most of the game because I was just in awe of him. I think he just seems to get younger with every game he plays. He oozed class yesterday. He was confident on the ball. I think he, you know, he Cruyff turned Brennan Johnson out of the game. And yeah, he just he he was there. He was everywhere, and every pass he made just seemed to find its mark as well. I, I don't know if he's been reincarnated or he's a robot or whatever, but he just seems to have 
gone on to a completely different level since Silva came in and, and then on again from the championship to this season. I'll start with Dan on this one. Dan, I know how much you love Tim Ream and yeah, it's far yeah, away. I have, to, I have to declare my interest as a as a paid up member of the Ream Renaissance fan club from, from way, way, way back when because as we said, as I've said before, um he's uh he's not he, this is not unusual. You know, he did he did this in 2016 to prove to Slavisia Kanovic that he could play in Slavisia Kanovic's side. I mean, that performance yesterday, uh, first of all, he radiates reassurance just by being there. I, I, I said this to, to somebody after Sunderland. I, I do think that uh, Tim Ream makes all of our other centre-backs appear better than they actually are. Um, and I don't mean to be harsh to Tosin Adrabaya, Shane Duffy, or Issa Diop, because they're all quality uh, footballers. But but Tim Ream just quietly knits it all together, although not so quietly. The tackle on Morgan Gibbs-White, who did a really good impression of the invisible man in the first half, but I'd forgotten that he was there, and then suddenly he's clean through on goal. And uh, the gentleman in front of me shouted, Tim Ream is coming, and Tim Ream was coming. And he, he, he uh, that was a class tackle. Um, and I, I can confirm that Tim Ream is real. He's not a robot. I have touched him. <laughs> uh, and uh, he, look, he's just exceptional. And I, I think there are levels for him still to go. You know, he, he could play until he's 40. He could probably play until he's 45. We could just, you know, you could just drop him into the Libro and he could be pinging it around. He's that good, and it shows what management, what what uh, good management does, um, and also what uh, what what confidence and playing regularly does. I, I reckon Tim Ream wants to play every Premier League minute, ever, <laughs> forever, um, and I, mean, I, I don't blame him on this evidence. He's quality, isn't he? No, it's brilliant. Kieran, you got anything to add on that one, mate? Not really. I mean, I, he just oozes confidence, um, and it really does show. He he helps the team as a collective, and he's he's a he's a leader, and he, he's a a person we really need on on the pitch. Um, and he's he's been amazing for us. He's he kept us in it, and he's he's yeah, <laughs> speak to us really. I think Dan's summarised everything quite well there, to be honest. But. Yeah, you can tell he's... he's it is unusual that I summarise things quite well, so sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I'm not agreeing with Tom again. Yeah, well, that happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, touching on Forest centre-backs, I just wanted to know if you boys had ever seen anything like what happened yesterday with Forest centre-halves. Both of them off in the same minute, same phase of play, same injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, did it affect... Well, did it, it? We won't know really because we scored afterwards. But did that have a, an effect on the game? Do you think, or do you think it was, you know, just a freak incident that you know changed the game or not? Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, bit of a weird one, really. It's it's quite yeah. bizarre because I, I I've never seen anything like it before. I'm sure Dan has, um, but yeah, it, it was very bizarre. To say. Pardon. What are you trying to say? How am I? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Um, 
But yeah, um, I think uh, from my perspective anyway, both defenders saw Mitrovic and Pereira, how good they were and thought, nah, I'm out. I'm just going to injure myself. and I'm not having this. <laughs> <laughs> and then just left the field. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very bizarre. But I don't, I think it, I don't think it would have altered the result anyway because I was, uh, yeah. Anyway, Dan, do you want to expand? <laughs> On this, yes, please. Um, I'll, I'll take it in a different direction. Steve Cooper's a quality uh, manager. Um He's proven that uh, in his football and, and in the jobs he's already done. But I, I was questioning because the the starting centre back partnership for uh, not the Forest remind me was uh, Willie Bolly. Yeah, yeah Willie Bolly and uh, Scott McKenna. Yes, Scott McKenna is the one. Any manager who puts Scott McKenna in the starting lineup in the Premier League, you know, must be sort of. I, I, I don't know. Must be backing his team. Must have backed his team to to concede first or lose. Scott McKenna is not a Premier League footballer. Uh, Scott McKenna played for Scotland regularly, and you know he's not up to it. Joe Worrell, on the other hand, not the Forest through and through, is absolutely quality. And I was very surprised that it was uh, that Worrell and Felipe, who I actually thought. Did very well in the circumstances for a long for, for various periods of the game. Um, should be should have been the starting centre back partnership. But I would say what we know about Nico Williams was Nico Williams on the bench. Was he? I mean, yeah, he was, got, was on the bench. got about seventy seven players. So who knows um, who's where really from from day to day. But I found it surprising that Cooper went with that partnership. Um, just, just, just to be clear, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Um, and I've seen some Forest fans trying to blame Alexander Mitrovic for it. I mean, he's good. I don't think he's that good to sort of cast a magic spell that, like, <laughs> that, that, um, that, that completely breaks two players in a, in an instant. Um, would it have changed the course of the game? I don't. I don't, well, well, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. It's hard enough for me to remember what happened yesterday. Never mind predict what might happen. <laughs> so, all in all, it was a, what you'd say a professional job done by Fulham yesterday. Uh, goal in each half, clean sheet, rolling on now to to, to Brighton away next week. Obviously, I there's the, a, a little... Sorry, mate. Sorry? I, th- I think the clean sheet goes under remarks. And I, I did just want to say, it's a great save from Bernd Leno. From Serge Aurier, I would say Serge Aurier got forward to head that. He shouldn't have been on the pitch, in my view. I've seen some Forest fans suggesting, and indeed somebody suggested it to me afterwards, a Forest fan, that that wasn't a foul by Aurier for the free kick that led to the first goal. He got a yellow card. I don't think there was a VAR check. Um, That was a nasty tackle. So whether he should have been, you know, I know VAR sort of malfunctioned all over the place. Well, in the in the Premier League, do you know what I mean? It's interesting. All I will say about this is it's interesting that Mikel Arteta can now recognise when the VAR doesn't um, do its job at the Emirates because he was totally silent about Arsenal's winner that he celebrated like it had won the World Cup for us for the Gunners. Um, you know what I'm talking about, lads. That <laughs> goal where one bloke jumps into Burnt Leno, one bloke handballs it, ends up in the goal. Yeah. And suddenly, it's not a foul, even though there were three possible infringements in one. 
And I didn't hear Mikel moan, you know, moaning. In fact, I saw him really sort of exuberantly celebrating. And, and suddenly Arsenal have hit a sticky patch. I mean, it's a shame, isn't it? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I know the VAR was were, 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 was troublesome in the in the Premier League. What my point was, Mikel also, we have to be nice to him because he did let us have Burnt Leno for almost nothing. Extraordinarily generous since Burnt Leno is a better goalkeeper than any of the ones he's got at his disposal. And he's proving it. What a great save. That was a pivotal moment. And the clean sheet was really key, wasn't it? You know, we're, 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 that's a clean sheet again. We're, we're getting quite good at keeping them. Um, and you're right. Three points. Off to Brighton. Good side, Brighton. And yeah, that'll be a tough be a... time. But fair play to them. Yeah. Well. we'll talk about Brighton on, on, on the preview in a couple of days, I expect. Um, oh, I might get. Uh, I might be cut off or not let on to that one, so I had to get it in. Sorry, don't worry. <laughs> right, no, no worries. I just wanted to touch on the 35 points um, in the last six seasons. I believe that's been enough to keep a team in the Premier League. Obviously, we've not been looking at the bottom three for a long time now, but thirty-five points at this stage, I think, is the best that any promotion side has ever done, according to the stats. So. You know, hats off to everyone who's who's been involved in. It's just been fantastic for 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 every Fulham fan, every Fulham, everyone who loves Fulham around the world. So yeah, I just wanted to say, thirty-five points at this stage is just just brilliant, beyond our wildest dreams, isn't it, Kieran? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the run of fixtures we got coming makes room for even more to to build upon it because. Of course, the forty, the the forty mark, the forty point safety mark, as as you want to call it, it, it does loom. Um, and once we reach, once we reach it, we can kind of take the shackles off a little bit, not necessarily take any chances, but to alter our position in the league, but kind of just take that relaxing feeling that yes, we are staying in the Premier League, and yes, we can see what else we can kind of in in yeah experiment and go go along with. But I'm I'm sure we'll just keep keep the momentum going and keep keep. Getting the wins, really. Um, we'll be we're unstoppable at the moment. Dan, anything to add on the thirty-five point mark? Well, we got to thirty-five points, which is more than uh, any Fulham team in the Premier League has managed since we got relegated. I think, or well, certainly since twenty thirteen. Um, and blimey, that shows you how poor <laughs> poor we've been, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, no, it's really important. I did like what Marco Silva said. It's something along the lines of, I want to collect more points and more points and more points. And, you know, I agree with Marco. Onwards. Let's uh, not congratulate, pat ourselves on the back too much. It's a crazy season with a lot of games coming up, especially since we had some replays in the FA Cup because we're so uh, generous like that. Um, so, you know, let's, let's just on to the next one. And... Keep approaching each game as though it's the most important game we're going to play because they are at the moment. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, and just uh, just going to close with just the positives of yesterday again. Really solid defensive display, another clean sheet. The goals being shared about was a big thing that that Marco has been talking about as well. Obviously, Mitrovic we spoke about on the previous pod. Um, he did have a really good chance yesterday, and there was a potential injury in the warm up as well, apparently, but. Yeah, just a, another brilliant afternoon for Fulham fans at the cottage. Kieran, have you got anything to, to say before we, we close up? 
not really. Um, yeah, another good win, and long may it continue. Brilliant, Dan. Anything to add? Yeah, can I in the any other business section if there is one? Um, can I just give a shout out to Fulham FC women who are in the uh, semi-finals now of the League Cup? They beat uh, Dorking Wanderers ladies at Dorking in the quarter-final um, this afternoon at Meadow Bank. Um, Fulham went tuning up, early goals, uh, one from Lois Conan and then one from new signing Summer Roberts, her second in successive weeks and then just like uh, it's typical Fulham uh, talking then scored a penalty and scored straight after the uh, the restart Edie, Edie McKayley, uh and I butchered her surname there sorry Edie <laughs> scored the winner uh, after coming off the bench uh, Charmaine True back in the back in the Fulham team uh, laid it on didn't quite lay it on a plate it was a great assist and a lovely finish from from young Edie, so Stevie J's black and white army are in the in the last four of the League Cup and going really well in the league as well. So just to say, it's not just the men's side that are, that are flying. Uh, the Fulham women are are doing fantastically. Their game at Worthing next week has been postponed, uh, unfortunately. Um, so that's just done me about a hundred quid in the hotel um, costs, which is wonderful. Thank you. Um, but uh, do get along and try and see this wonderful team skippered as always by, by the magnificent Mary Southgate. That's brilliant. Thank you, Dan. All right. Thank you very much. Come on, you whites.